Welcome! This is Unfolding, the show where I talk to creative business minds. My name is Marco Pfann and today we are talking to James Callahan from Future Deluxe. Welcome back. Today we are talking to James Callahan, the co-founder of Future Deluxe and Forever. And we're going to talk about what they've been up to. There were some big announcements earlier this year around um, the new venture of Forever. And I also would love to ask some questions about his take on creative leadership. So welcome, James. How are Hello. you? Very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, I was really, I'm so, so excited to have you on the show because it wasn't really easy to get you on the show. You're, you're really busy at the moment. So you're traveling a lot. That's what I've understood. And, uh, I assume that's because of the new journey, right? So you, you kind of, you created something new, right? You're, you're in the transition. Yes. I'm, uh, traveling a fair amount at the moment. Um, and, going to meet lots of different people and to uh, to tell them about forever and what we're trying to what we're trying to build there and why we think it's um, a good idea what, what what are you trying to build there um, what's the idea behind that yeah well um, so what we're trying to do with forever is um, bring stu bring the best studios together in the world um, and we've it's forever is kind of officially publicly really been in existence um, since the beginning of the year um, okay. and as the more we talk about it the more we get a little bit better at describing it um, it's one of those things where in the beginning um, we felt a lot of it and we would have long discussions about what it was um, but we probably weren't the best at um, describing it to anyone else okay. so as we've as we've practiced talking about it and as we have um, refined it over the kind of the previous months uh, we've got a little bit better and for us it's about three things um, we've kind of simplified it down to three things um, forever is about R&D um, and experimentation so we um, forever is a, a collective of studios um, currently just two future Lux and tendril uh, but we're looking to bring more um, of the kind of world's most creative studios into forever um, and the first element of forever is R&D and experimentation. Every studio that um, joins forever will make a commitment to dedicating resource, um, dedicating time and energy to a combined um, innovation lab, innovation think tank that sits in the middle of all the studios within forever. Um, and those studios will, um, they'll commit time and, um, and resource to this, this think tank. And the think tank is looking at new ways of working, um, new ways that we can, um, approach, uh, some of the advances in technology, um, new aesthetics we might look to go into, um, and to, to play and to, uh, push all the studios forward. So why do you think they, I mean, I love the, as a creative, I love the idea of a think tank, right? So, And what I, what I heard you saying is that it's more, so it's actually like everyone, you send people from, from all those companies to the think tank and you create, you work on exciting new innovative stuff. Is that actually more also like a, you're solving problems there? Is that for specific client problems or is it just mm -hmm. uh, creative going crazy? Um, both, I both. think. Oh, nice. So what we're looking to do is, um, It will be, it'll be 
um, exploring internal topics, topics that um, we're keen to um, we're keen to explore and, and discover and play with. Um, that might be, uh, as an example, um, something that the team were working on recently was um, a new piece of technology um, around uh, markerless motion capture. Um, and kind of playing with that technology, seeing how we can kind of uh, push it to its limits and um, create something visually beautiful, uh, but also testing that that piece of technology. Um, another uh, great thing about this uh, research lab is that it's not only for the studio's benefits um, to uh, to have this. Um, the power of all these amazing yeah. minds kind of thinking about things we want to know about, but we're also inviting clients in to ask questions um, and set the think tank briefs um, about what the future of their brand might look like. Um, some of the kind of more ambiguous questions that they're thinking about um, that are less our typical um, asset-driven briefs that we get from, from clients. So it's more, it's really like very innovative, right? It's like you create, you try to create like maybe even a competitive advantage through technology, obviously creativity. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Understood. And there's, there's a number of benefits to that. One is, um, it's just fun. Um, our team love it. Um, they love to be able to kind of, to try new and different things, to be able to, um, for all the studios, people from the different studios to be able to collaborate together on projects and to be, uh, to, it's, it's the fuel that drives all of our studios. Mm. It's the kind of, um, it decides the direction that the business is right. going to go. Um, and that's, that's the kind of aim of it. Um, and then for clients to be able to have access to that as well, we're, we're really excited by, um, so that we can start helping them on some of their kind of meteor bigger challenges. Um, like I say, that are less campaign driven. What, if they're less campaign driven and that less about marketing assets and stuff, what, can you talk a little about what, what they are looking for to get out of it? What's the benefit the client gets out of this? For ex creatives, it's amazing. It's fun. It's like, I would love to, to be in that think tank, by the way. <laughs> but what, what do clients get out of that? Out of that? So uh, it probably helps if I give maybe a couple of examples. We can't talk too much about um, specifics on these projects, but some examples are um, we work with a client on what the future of uh, TV might look like. So we all have... Um, these ugly black rectangles in all of our living rooms, uh, all of our offices. Um, when you, when you look to design your house, like there's no getting away. You've got to build stuff to hide these, um, these big black rectangles. How can we turn them into something beautiful? Um, something that we like having in, um, our spaces, but also can be, not just an artwork, but can be informative, can um, give us notifications, but in a way that doesn't feel like a, another uh, phone pinging off all the time. You're transitioning the, 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 the television experience, the screen experience out to like the whole room, right? It's like more holistic experience. I, um, I suppose it's how can we turn something that when it's not being watched, it's pretty useless. Um, into something okay. a bit more useful and a bit more beautiful. Um, that's just one example. Yeah, um, yeah. Another is looking at ways in which um, clients can uh, 
capture product differently um, instead okay. of always kind of uh, doing photo shoot. Often we work with some of our clients will have, uh, um, they'll want to create work, a campaign um, around a product that doesn't really exist yet. Or there's one model kind of flying around. Right. Um, how can we create? How can we build a system, a, a, a toolkit for them that allows them to be able to create assets uh, before this thing exists in a number of different ways? Um, this is just kind of some loose examples, but mm-hmm. you'll see that they're they're the kind of briefs that set outside of um, right. Okay, yeah. we have. Uh, this sneaker and we need to promote it um, in this kind of spring campaign or something. It's more like we have an idea, what can we make out of it, right? So that's super, that's that's amazing. So that's that's number one, that's uh, R&D, right? What's the second thing? So the second one is uh, collaboration. what we what we've always enjoyed is um, when teams come together and collaborate. Um, So there are some amazing people out there. Um, and if we can partner with different studios and bring kind of these incredible minds together um, to be able to s- simply just have conversations more, to pick each other's brains on technical issues um, and to be able to inspire each other, we think that's going to have huge benefits to, to all the studios. Um, but not only that, there's when it comes to collaboration and bringing stu- studios together, um, we have the kind of creative department and we can... Our industry is very good at seeing the benefit of um, creatives collaborating, but one of the other uh, slightly more um, more practical, more kind of back end advantages is that as creative studios, um, as you grow, what most studios kind of tend to uh, forget or maybe undernourish is the more back end um, teams, so the finance teams, the HR teams. Um, the, our kind of legal, um, all of those elements. And by bringing the studios together, we can have bigger and more, um, more advanced, uh, backend teams than any one studio would ever be able to, uh, afford by themselves. Um, so we can kind of professionalize, uh, these studios and allow the leaders to focus on the creativity and take away some of those kind of uh, more operational aspects for them. So that, that, that's really inspiring. So, and actually very smart, like you, you also reduce the overhead cost by that, but not only that, you can actually have like a, a kind of broader yeah. um, team at the same time, more experienced, more specialized. Yeah, I, even. That's, I think the experience is the key thing. It's um, building these, building these kind of teams with really experienced, really talented people that can make a huge difference to, to the businesses. So all of those teams and all of those companies that actually join would actually operate underneath one umbrella, one, one like, what is that, like one, there, there will be one finance team, there will be one... Um, the um, the exact um, details of it, um, we're, we're still working out, but okay. um, in essence, there will be there will likely be finance people all over um, to, because the studios are split between a number of different locations. Right. So um, different regions kind of have different finance needs, for sure. example. But sure. then there'll be um, the senior team will manage those uh, local uh, finance teams. Um, okay. 
to, to make sure everything's running smoothly. Uh, but also HR, that's one thing that um, we, we, we forget when you're, or not forget about, but um, as founders of a creative business, you get to so many years on and then you realize, oh, okay, um, we really need to support our team and we really need to bring these kind of more grown up policies and um, ways of working in place. Um, and we're building a, uh, some amazing people teams um, that can uh, support us uh, in doing that. So I like that. So um, quick question. Are you also like, I mean, people get together is, is amazing, especially creatives. And you have this structure that holds them. Is there a way, are you thinking about training them as well? Like kind of helping them to get into different fields, evolving yeah. with their own skills and career? Yeah, training is one of the big things um, that we're trying to do. Um, and one of the benefits of bringing the studios together is where um, we, there might be a course or there might be um, uh, one of our team members might be able to train uh, the, the rest of um, the collective's um, team um, in a specific department on right. something. So we will share knowledge. And this is the key thing. It's, it's not just about the back end, it's sharing that knowledge. Yeah. So every, we can supercharge the speed in which we're learning. And that's, that's the same from the experimentation as to the collaboration. If somebody learns a new piece of software, they can share it quite quickly. We will jump on, uh, we'll set up kind of big uh, group um, video calls where that person will kind of talk everyone through this new piece of software, teach them how to use it. Um, so we can really uh, speed up that, that learning so and development. You really get rid of all those silos and it's like, and what I love about it is you actually, like a lot of creatives and talents these days want to go to the big brands because there's kind of like a, how would I say that, a more dynamic, maybe not more dynamic, but they have special benefits, right? But um, what you now offering by bringing together a lot of smaller companies or smallish companies, you're not small, but uh, yeah. you're not as big as Google or the other players. But now you're actually creating a very, very nice and creative environment. Uh, people can work together, collaborate together, learn, get better, be trained. Um, you have different location, right? It's kind of it's very attractive. I think this is a very attractive model to actually create top talents. Yeah, it's so what we're trying to do is is this kind of best of both worlds, where one thing we found is that where we have um, uh, smaller studios, um, we can create these really close-knit teams of people that um, are familiar with everyone they're working with, have real strong bonds, Very, it promotes this kind of collaboration on a daily basis. It doesn't feel like you're walking to an office and right. there's yeah. 500 people and you don't know anyone. Um, so we have these small studios that Uh, work really, really nicely. Um, however, we also have this this kind of support and um, uh, backing of an entire group. So you, the theory is you get the benefit of the the big company um, with also the benefit of the the smaller studio vibe. What's the Ben? I love it for, as a creative, perfect as a studio owner. I would say this is super smart for the client. What what are the benefits for the client? to hire someone that, that runs that system? Well, there's, there's a couple of benefits. Um, one is the, as I said, the, the knowledge sharing 
Um, so if there is a piece of, if there's something that um, one of the studios maybe is uh, less skilled in, they can tap into people from the collective sure. in order to upskill up skill pretty quickly or just bring them into um, support on that, that particular project. The other one is um, scale. As a smaller studio, um, it, clients, there, there can be a risk um, if people are ill or there's, yes. there's, um, there's a smaller team um, there that you rely on to get a job done. Scale adds, benef- adds, adds a kind of safety net um, so that we know we can bring people in. Um, we can never really get kind of too busy, I suppose. Uh, we can always bring people in from the other studios to support. The other thing is if we have, if we have a really big project um, that maybe is bigger than one of the studios can handle, uh, we, can, um, we can scale up pretty quickly, uh, bring people in to be able to um, deliver on those kind of bigger projects as well. Are you planning to bring in other expertise, like more maybe maybe even graphic design or more more like like different skill sets for di- from different creative industries yeah yeah definitely um over time uh, we look to uh bring in um studios with uh, experience in whether it's design whether it's more live action um whether it's certain types of um maybe it's installations uh, the key thing i think that we've realized when we're going out and speaking to studio owners and and teams is it's 95 90 uh, 95 to kind of 98% about the people uh, whether we connect with those people um, their their way of thinking and their way of working um, at which neatly brings me on to the the third point um, which is values um, every studio should be values driven. Uh, we want to create a, um, a kind of new standard for the industry where we put people, um, creativity and exploration kind of first. Um, so it's a real focus on we want to build uh, environments and studios that people love going to and they're happy and they're treated well. Um, and they, uh, yeah, they're, they're enjoying their every day. Um, that's, that's super important to us. With spaces, you, you, are you talking about physical spaces, like studios people come into, or is it more like the, the state of mind thing, like the, the environment, the culture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it's state of mind, um, and a culture. The culture is of future Lux is always from kind of day one, always been super important to us. Um, the, we put people first. Uh, we'd all worked, myself and Andrew had kind of worked in a number of different places um, throughout our careers where uh, it didn't feel like people were first. Why? We, we have something unique, I think, in both Future Life and Tendril where um, everyone is genuinely a kind of a nice person. Um, and they genuinely enjoy being around each other. Yeah. Um, we have this, uh, rather crass kind of no dick head roll. Um, and, uh, I get told off sometimes for, for use, for using that phrase, but it's this, this, this rule of just, we, we, um, one kind of bad egg can have a real big impact. Um, bad people can make good people leave. So we try and make sure everyone is, uh, have a, a kind of a similar, 
similar mindset. Um, right. And they're kind of willing to collaborate. They're they're friendly. They're in, they're kind of enjoy. They're allowing everyone else to enjoy their day to day. So. I really like this this model. The idea behind is like it's really it's pointing to a better future for creatives. Um, so we have R&D, we have collaboration, and we have values. Mm-hmm. And how do clients respond to that idea of forever? Did you already have? Did you pitch it already? Did you maybe even do you maybe even have some clients already? Yeah, we're we're speaking to um, we're speaking to most of our clients about what forever can mean to them. Um, I think it it doesn't really um, change the way clients react with us um, too much. So the, the only real change is if they want to um, if they want to work with the think tank. But otherwise, they go direct to future lux. They go direct to tendril, just as they did do before. But there's this kind of added benefit. Mm. So is this really like when they want to have something like what? It's more the innovative stuff when they want to, they kind of have, as we said in the beginning, they have an idea that they don't know how to do it. They don't even know how to frame the problem yet, mm-hmm. um, no less the answer. So that's when they come to, right? We are, we, we need to do something and this is the challenges of the future. And uh, how can you help us kind of those? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And, and that's just a portion of the work we're doing with clients. Like right, right. all of our, um, every um, product release film, every campaign, every um, motion branding project, we're still working with our clients on those and we're still kind of, um, we are, there's, there's no real changes there. It's just now we have this think tank as well that is working and it's a collaboration between the studios that is, is another kind of vertical for clients to kind of tap into us. Um, can you already talk about who's next? Who, who will join next? Do you have anything you can share already? Um, nope, nothing I can share. Oh, we're, <laughs> we're speaking to, uh, we're, we're speaking to, um, a few different, uh, people, um, and, um, in the, yeah, we're in the process. So, um, hopefully we'll have some news to share, um, soonish. But yeah. uh, as I say, it's the, the key thing for us is about the people. It's about those people running the businesses. And there's a, there's a really nice cultural fit. The beauty of Tendril um, was when we, when we first had that conversation with them, um, we, we hadn't really, our teams had met each other and kind of people had worked between the studios and freelancers had worked between both studios. So we knew some of the teams. Um, but myself and Andrew hadn't met the Tendril founders. Um, and so it was quite nerve wracking going in kind of saying, look, we've got this idea. Do you fancy kind of joining us on this? Um, but as soon as we did it, as soon as we went in, we realized that we, there was, we were so like-minded and there was such a real connection as kind of human beings and people, um, that we knew we would be able to work together and we knew as problems come up as they always will do that we'd be able to resolve them as a team because as people we kind of connected so did I hear that right you, you didn't speak to Tantal before you didn't even know them yeah we knew, we knew obviously we knew their business um, and yeah. we knew their work and we knew the um, the reputation that Tendril had and the, um, the reputation they had for having this incredible culture. Um, but we hadn't personally met the founders. Um, so 
uh, yeah, we um, we flew over um, and uh, went for dinner and drinks uh, with them. And so uh, you them. literally asked out strangers for a date. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. that's that, that's bold. That's brave. I uh, love it. I love it. Why tantrum? Um, because uh, the the more we got to know them as a studio, the more we realised that there were so many parallels um, with our journeys. So it was the studios were the a very similar age. They'd gone through kind of similar challenges and discoveries at a certain time, um, and. Their, their work is incredible. Um, the, uh, the, the kind of quality of their, their work is, um, amazing. Um, their, the way they work, um, is great as well. We share our values, um, and the, uh, location wise, it's, it's great as well because, um, they're, they're close to kind of North America. They have great relationships with brands over in the US, um, and in Europe as well. Um, so it, it just, it made a lot of sense. Um, yeah, they are definitely, I think like it fits together when you see the work and stuff. It's kind of there. There's, you can really feel like there is something, um, you have in common there. Um, actually, if, one or two more questions. So one question would be what, what happened that a, a business model, that model like this actually needs to be created. So what's the, ch what changed in the industry? What changed in, in like, maybe in, in like uh, the biggest sense of like the whole world, what, what, what changed that it made necessary to create forever? Um, I think, uh, businesses like future Lux and Tendril didn't really exist um, over kind of 14, 13, 14, 15 years ago. True. Um, yeah. These these types of studios just didn't exist before. So what you have is um, you have studios that are around kind of 10 years old um, where they have been on a journey um, and their, their founders are kind of, getting older, um, wanting to try new diff different things. And what tended to happen was studios would either um, kind of not change um, and maybe stay as they were. Um, and the the quality of the work would, uh, would maybe suffer um, or they would look for new challenges and maybe they would partner with one of the bigger groups. Um, and we just wanted something that was slightly different. Um, I think one of the other things that was important for us personally, um, as well is I'm, uh, me and Andrew, we, we are creatives at heart. Um, we're, we're kind of, we're always wanting to learn and challenge ourselves. Um, and selfishly, we wanted to, uh, we wanted to learn to be better at what we do. We wanted to learn from some incredible mentors and, uh, and advisors out there on how we could, how we could evolve the business and how we could take it to a, a new and exciting place. Um, but still maintain kind of what made it special. Um, so now as we have, um, as we've built this uh, network, but as we've built this collective, we have a, an, I have a network of uh, 
advisors, uh, mentors, uh, collaborators that I can just chew things over with. And I never had that before. I, it was just me and Andrew. We just had each other to talk to about the, the things we were going through and um, the stresses of the uh, of, of running a studio. And now I feel blessed to have all these different people to be able to pick up um, the uh, phone to and just, and just chat about things we're going through. So obviously I love that you said that because that kind of speaks to my profession and uh, what I'm doing. Um, and can you explore a little more what, what, what's the benefit of actually having people to talk to, asking for advice, maybe just get some coaching or consulting and, and just, just what is it? What, what made the big difference? Um, I think it's, it's talking to people that have um, been there and done it. Um, that have slightly different experiences. Um, so as an example, um, our chairman, um, Ian Ferguson, um, he has a lot of experience running kind of bigger um, agencies and um, studios and bringing them together as well in, in this way. Um, he... 90, 99% of the problems that we have um, as any business is based around people. Um, and yeah. people and relationships and it's it's great to just be able to kind of pick up um, pick it, their brains on what they've been through in the past how they've dealt with things previously and just to bounce ideas back and forth um, another uh, we have a um, uh, on our board uh, Robin Shenfield who founded the mill um, and his experiences have been amazing just on learning how they grew in the US, how they tackled sales, how they built their teams. Like we don't want to be the mill, but um, they have done some incredible things and Robin took them on this amazing journey. So just being able to have someone like him at the end of the phone whenever you want is uh, such a blessing. Yeah. Also, then um, I work very closely with Kate, um, who is one of the founders of Tendril. Um, Kate uh, is went on a very similar journey as me. Um, I was the looked after the business of Tendril while um, Chris, Patrick, and Alex um, kind of ran the creative. Uh, that was that's what I did at Future Lux mm -hmm. um, was look after the business and so and now have Kate to be able to kind of chew things over with and how did you do this or what do you think and that's so valuable. So so you now actually have to talk to someone. You can't talk to someone. You have some sounding board. It's like actually you you don't have to make up everything in your own mind because I assume uh, which is the case in many of my clients like. There are oftentimes two people at the, at the, at the leaderboard. One uh -huh. creative, one's taking over the business part, but more because he felt he's doing it better, not because he wanted to do it. I assume that's kind of similar how you yeah. got into this, right? Yeah. Um, well, so I started off as a creative. Um, I studied fine art and then design and went into advertising and um, when I met Andrew um, and we started working together um, under Future Lux, we were both directing projects. We were both um, uh, we were both the creatives, and it got to a stage where there's certain shit that needed to be done, 
and I'd pick up and do it and I'd just make sure I wanted to make sure things ran smoothly I wanted to make sure the projects were produced right so I was kind of our our first producer um, before we had producers in um, I just um, wanted to kind of make sure everything was running smoothly so I naturally fell into that role um, and Andrew um, is obsessed and um, crazy about the creative and the, the kind of uh, future lux as a brand and the vision um so it worked quite nicely um, right. how we okay. uh, how our roles kind of um fanned out so how do you maintain the motivation when you work, work as a creative like you're a hardcore creative right um how do you maintain the motivation to work on the business what what inspires you to do do all of that like what inspires you to work on the business not and not in the business as they say I, I, um, I see the business as my project now. Um, and so where before I would work on projects, uh, client projects, um, or internal projects, I'd be running those and I'd be directing those. Now the business is my project. It just doesn't have a delivery date. It just doesn't have an end. <laughs> no, no deadline. <laughs> yeah, there's no deadline. So, and we all know what uh, happens when you have a project with no deadline. Yeah, it gets um, to the end. The, the, the business is my project now. Um, so I try and uh, treat it like that. And I, I, when I was at art school, uh, when I was studying design, I never thought that I would be so involved in the business side of, of something. Um, but I, I genuinely enjoy it. I, there's challenges there. I'm learning so much uh, mm -hmm. every day. Like every at the, at the moment, it just seems every day is there's there's a new learning uh, that's coming in. Like, tell me one like maybe recent or one that maybe even the biggest learning you had as a creative business owner. What's what's something that's really stuck with you? Like um, maybe something that that is is, uh, is different to the way creative think. As I said, uh, so um, our businesses are people businesses. Um, communication. Over-communicate. Um, you cannot over-communicate. When you think you have told someone something, um, tell them it another 10 times. Um, and have, it's how, uh, this is something um, I've kind of stolen from Ian, our chairman, um, and he, he, took, he described it like uh, this beating drum. Um, you have to like repeat the same thing time and time and time again and you're beating this drum and to you it feels like this drum is so loud and how can anyone ignore it but to everyone else it's just this kind of faint beat in the background and then suddenly everyone's like oh what, what do I hear what's this do I hear in the background oh. is, there, is there a drum beat or something and then suddenly people hear it so it's just you cannot over communicate communicate as much as possible But that, um, that speaks to marketing, right? This is like where you have to go out, lead, yeah. generate lead. You have to be there on top of mind all the time. You have to beat the drum. Love it. That, that's a great, um, a great picture. Yeah. I'm actually going to steal this as well. Thanks. <laughs> the other one uh, that I, I stole off him as well um, is um, a focus, um, to really be focused. As creative people, we love like these shiny little things that pop up every now and again and distract us and take us off in this direction and that direction. I think it's key to focus. 
um, and know, like set a plan um, and uh, aim for a goal and just kind of focus on that. Don't get too distracted by all the shiny things um, that are uh, trying to pull you away from that. Can um, you make this more like um, practical? What, what kind of goal or what, what kind of plan? Is that like a uh, business plan? Is it like a, a big vision you want to have or... Yeah, like uh, for example, when we're even when we're talking about um, uh, the studios we want to bring in, yeah, um, if we have an idea and a, a, um, a studio or a couple of studios we might be talking to, try not to be distracted by something that pops up over here or mm. in a region maybe that we decided that we weren't going to focus on, um, or a, a type of. Um, sector that we thought, okay, maybe we're, we're not going to focus on that this year. Um, not to be distracted by that. Um, it's also the, uh, the, all the little things that come up on the day to day. Um, all the tiny little things that come up. Um, whether, uh, yeah, it's client projects or internal. Um, issues or whatever it is, it's like trying to kind of remain focused on a, a few key things, mm -hmm. making sure you're, um, you're heading towards them. Um, we were bombarded by notifications, by to-do lists, by um, so many things that we have to do. We have to we have to cherry pick what are the most important things and kind of really aim uh, to to complete those tasks. What are your daily practices? to future-proof a company or to actually get leads and well what do you are you is that something that you do in a daily practice that um that helps you bring the company to the future like um, something really practical not like making a plan or something like that but maybe do you for example do you reach out to people do you reach out to clients do you think do you do things like that do you do marketing Yeah, I am. Um, I'm still involved in a lot of our business development and new business. Um, so I'm still reaching out to clients. I'm still going to presentation meetings. I'm still um, connecting with kind of past clients and seeing how they are. Um, I'm still pretty heavily involved in that. That's something I always did in the business before yes. um, and something I'm uh, still uh, a big part of. So it's kind of this people business, right? It's uh, over communicating and also not only with a team and with, uh, with new clients, but also with past clients and potential clients in the future. Right? You want to be there. They yeah. want to be seen and you want to, you want to tell them, for example, what forever is things yeah. like that. You, right. Cool. For me, it's, um, remembering that as a business, like I'm in this business, um, every single day so i know everything about it but most of the world have never heard of us and know nothing about us so there's still a big job to do about getting the word out there and talking to people and and um sharing kind of who we are and what we do i think within the creative industry you're very well known i assume you're right when we talk about the, the client side and then the companies out there yes there there's some room um beautiful i thank you so much for your time But I have one last question to ask. And so you, you had a very exciting journey and now you're actually like, you're actually making a huge leap. What, like, what's one lesson or what's, what's one advice you want to give to the, com uh, to the whole community? Um, 
I think the, let me think, um, not being afraid of change, um, not being afraid of, uh, tweaking what you're doing, uh, to make it better. Um, change is scary. Change is, um, something that, uh, can be disruptive. Um, but it's a good thing at the end of the day. It's, um, evolving. It's, we had this, when me and Andrew used to um, do our conference talks, we'd have this adapt or die. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's that. It's like we have to be, if we stay the same, if we had stayed the same um, from day one and just gone, right, this is the team, uh, this is the type of work we're doing, we're happy, we're never going to change it, and we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are now. Um, so it's being willing to take risks, um, to adapt, um, to explore and experiment with new things in order to, to grow and evolve. And even changing business models, right? You're actually yeah. changing the business model now and I like yeah. that. So it's like actually try new things like we are in a recession now, our clients have different demands, the market has different demands and you kind of adapt not only like you're thinking but the whole business to those new, um, yeah, new times basically. Yeah, um, experimentation from day one has always been something that we have pushed and um, dedicated time to. And this and how we're working now is just another experiment. It's another, it's just a, a, a bigger version of um, the kind of the experiments and the tests we're doing in the studio. It's just, um, yeah, it's not being, a, not being afraid to, to try something different. That's a nice message, a really good message. And I think people could live by that and uh, think about what they could do differently to actually maybe get their studio to the next level as you did. Um, James, I thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure to finally meet you. And yeah, I hope we can do this again someday. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure for me as well. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Marco Pfann and I hope to see you all again on our next show where we unfold creative business minds.